Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 101. We'd like to share our Sunday worship service for January 20th, 2019. The title is, It's Like a City, and it is the third in the series, It's Like This. Finding a way to do what's important is a matter of looking in the right place. How do I balance how I feel about God, how I feel about spiritual stuff with how I live my life? The secret is, build your building, and by the way, you can't help but build your building. You're building something. Every day, every thought, word, and action is a brick, is a piece of two by four, is a countertop. (laughs) Everything you do, you can't help but build something. You're building a house, and in fact, you're building a neighborhood, and in fact, you're building a city based on what you've been given and translated through how you feel about it, your emotional baggage, the places you've been, the things you've brought up with, a whole cosmos of different value systems combined together to decide how your building gets built. If you want a life that works, if you want to get to the end of the day and feel good about how you spent that day, you want to sleep good, you want to prosper, you want to fall in love, you want a job that makes you feel good, the whole thing. Have what you build be as close as you know how to get it to the blueprint. Right? Have what you build be as close as you know how to the intention of the builder. Now, how can I know that? Well, just try. It's not always going to be perfect, but that's okay. There's do-overs. There's demo day. It's all right. Sometimes we start over, but start consciously building what you have in accordance with what you really want it to be, in accordance with that desire in your heart. Find a way to have the way it looks on the outside, be as close as you know how to get it to how it is on the inside, and things tend to work. That's the formula for success, happiness, whatever you want to call it. If you know me at all, if we've had more than a five-minute conversation, you have heard me use this phrase, and the phrase is, thin places. It's not a Weight Watchers thing. No, thin places is what they call a place where the barrier, the supposed border between spiritual stuff and physical stuff feels thin. A thin place is a place where you stand in that spot and you feel that there's something bigger going on, something spiritual or artistic or moving or fun. A thin place is a place where that barrier is thin. And so, as I go about working with you to build a church, I spend a lot of time thinking about thin places. Think for yourself for a moment, what is a thin place for you? Sometimes, for some people, a thin place is a church where they they stood in that place and they felt, oh my gosh, God is happening here. I feel it. There's something. I don't even know what it is, but man, oh man. But I'll tell you what, for some people in the history of their life, the last place they feel that is in church. I get it. And as we build a church, we got to figure that out. There's stuff, right? There are some things that go on, but here we are at Water and Stone trying to figure out in the 21st century, there's some stuff that people do in the name of church that we don't want to do anymore. And there's some stuff that people used to do in the name of church that vanished for whatever reason because people got caught up in who knows what, doesn't matter what, that we need to bring back. But one way or another, part of our mission here is to take it back, to build something that actually makes sense inside and outside. So in places, I talk about it all the time. 
So I want you, if I were to give you homework, part of it is go looking. If you've got thin places for you, whether it's a church or it's the beach at sunset or an art gallery or a rock concert, doesn't matter what it is, tell me why you feel the way you feel in that place. I want to know about it. But it's not just for the church. Obviously, I have a vested interest. I want that to be a thing. But it's for you. Because if you're the kind of person that's looking for a thin place, what it really means is you're the kind of person that is looking for an experience of transcendence wherever you are. If you're the kind of person that's looking for a thin place, it means I'm on the lookout for something awesome, something moving, something beautiful. And if you look for it, well, it says, as ye seek, ye shall find. Sometimes the problem that people have, why they feel sad or alone or whatever, is just that they forgot to look. They forgot to look for it. They thought it was just going to happen to them instead of through them. Be the kind of person that's looking for thin places. Maybe as I've been yammering on about this, maybe you're starting to make your own list of places that feel special to you. I hope so. I hope you keep working on that list. Once again, if you know me, you can imagine that one of my thin places is the Magic Kingdom Disney World. I know. People go, how can you feel that way about the place? It's so contrived. It's phony. It's fake. Everything is coated in plastic and kind of padded. Yeah, it's great. I know it's fake. When I go to the movies, I don't think there's a real guy named Luke Skywalker. I know that it's pretend. It's okay. <coughs> Sometimes it's okay to lean into the narrative. And in fact, when I go there with my family, I like the fact that everyone has thought about and talked about, there were meetings and budget committees and who knows what, designing a garbage can or a moment or this music that ought to play. And because someone else has thought about that, I don't have to. It's a way that I can get out of the way of trying to control every moment of my life and I can just rest in it. And in a funny way, it's a thin place because it becomes a backdrop for memories. And that's pretty cool. You might be surprised to know that another thin place for me is a million miles away from that. In some ways, it's the anti-Disney world. There's a place in St. Louis, Missouri, because I got family from St. Louis. There's a place in St. Louis called the City Museum. And if you want to, when you go home, you can Google City Museum, St. Louis, Missouri, and all that. It might be the only cool thing in St. Louis. <laughs> Don't give me time. I'm allowed to say that. Anyway. What it is, is it's a 12-story building. It used to be a shoe factory in the middle of industrial St. Louis, and a community of artists have taken it over, and they've just gutted it, and they've taken uh, art architectural stuff, the, the front of banks and gargoyles from old buildings and industrial equipment, like the, the cooling coil from what used to be a vat of beer is now a slide. And the whole thing is this incredible playground. And when you look up at this 12-story building, there's a school bus and a Ferris wheel on top of the building. And someone's built a castle in the parking lot. And there's caverns underneath. And everyone who goes there gets hurt. Everyone comes out with bumps and bruises. Nothing serious, I hope. But stuff. And it's this community of artists that have built this thing kind of for kids. Because there's a circus on the third floor. But there's also a bar on the fourth floor. It is the most incredible place. And it is the opposite of Disney World because it is so real. Stuff happens there. And instead of someone planning it out, they looked at this old architecture and they said, what does it want to be? Instead of, what do I want it to be? And because they get out of the way, in the way that only an artist can, I suppose, magic happens. There's a lesson in there. Because I'll tell you what, a lot of us spend a lot of our time trying to decide how the world is going to work. When sometimes the world's trying to tell you something. 
And sometimes the magic, the experience, the fun, and yeah, sometimes the bruises too, but earned ones. This was fun, that thing I hit myself on the thing, you know what I mean? Sometimes the fun things happen when we let it tell us what the message is. Because Father knows best, as they say. So how do you get out of the way for just a moment and listen to something deeper? Because I promise you, the calling is calling. More real, even, than your desire for food and water and shelter and whatever it is. More real than that. I know that feels real. And there are people in the world working on different levels of just getting a roof over the head. I understand that. We're working to help with that. But more real than that desire is your desire to connect with the mystery. To connect with something bigger. And you know that because when you fall in love, you don't care how hungry you are. That's just one example. You know what I mean? The transcendent experience dictates everything else. And it has been true about us since there's been such a thing as us. They have discovered that over 200,000 years ago, think about how long ago that is. We're talking, you know, black and white television. Before 200,000 years ago, you know how people say that the greatest thing since sliced bread? Bread, bread was invented 100,000 years ago. So 100,000 years before bread, <laughs> people, we have found in Europe caves, and in the caves there are places of worship. People have uh, constructed shrines and, and art and things like that that indicate that they were trying to worship and have a spiritual understanding of these cave bears that were there. And we know that it was that long ago because there was the Ice Age and there was these periods of glaciers, glaciation. And before that glacier happened, the caves were covered with ice. No one could have gone there. And after the glaciation, there were no cave bears left in the world. So 200,000 years ago, 100,000 years before bread, even before disco, <laughs> what we have is humanity trying to experience the mystery, trying to express a moment of the divine. Think about that, because think about how hard life must have been. They didn't have even basic cable. They, they think about how hard it was to just to get food and shelter and all of the things that maybe we take for granted sometimes. And yet, all of those things are secondary to this desire to connect to the spiritual. I'm trying to tell you that it is a part of your DNA, your programming, the code that makes you up, is this desire to go, okay, God, how do I do this? And I promise you that if you want a life that works, that makes sense, get back to that place. I'm not saying you've got to go live in a cave, but what I am suggesting is that instead of trying to complicate things and trying to put on armor, find a way to have what you do connect with something spiritual. How you go there, I mean, I have my own suggestions. I suggest you pick up the Bible, but how you go there is on you. But go there. Find something. Follow that path. Do that thing. Because that is the truth of your being. And if you're true to your truth, you will surely grow. That's the formula. But that's a choice. We have all kinds of options, all kinds of ways we can work with what God gives us. And you can see that maybe in your own life. I sure can look at my own life and go, oh, that was, I took a hard left one. I should have taken a right in Albuquerque or whatever. I can see that. Well, we go from archaeology to Bugs Bunny. We won't go too far into that. But anyway, you can see it 
in sociology. You can see it when you look at old towns. Think about it. Think about when, you, when you've seen a western. What's the biggest building in the middle of an old western town? It's usually a church. And if you watch the, um, it becomes a saloon later on. Now we'll talk about that in a minute. But they always start around a church. And if you look at cities, even in America, you know, going forward, you see that it starts usually with a church. And if you watch like the Tour de France or, or movies about these old villages in Europe, there's always a big cathedral in the middle, right? And the town kind of grows around that. The biggest building in a town indicates what's most important to the people in that town. Kind of makes sense. But it hardly ever stops there. Usually as the town grows, that isn't the biggest building anymore. Usually the next big building, the next center of the town, tends to be a political structure. Usually it's like City Hall or some kind of a capital building. Interesting. But that isn't where it stops either. Because if you go to any city, anywhere on the planet, any major city, any so-called sophisticated city, the biggest building is never a church, and it's never a, a, a political place. It's a mall or it's a business. It's a bank. It's the financial district. It's usually the biggest district. I'm not saying money's bad. Money can do a lot of good things. You can cure cancer with money. You know what I mean? There's ways. You can pay for all kinds of stuff. Money's not bad. Worshipping money is a little bit of a problem. You can see the progression of a relationship with source. And look, I'm not going to argue theology about whether that particular cathedral was doing right or hurting people. I'm not saying that. That's a subject for a different conversation. But what I am saying is any kind of church is a structure saying, I'm trying to connect to God. That's the goal. And that's the most important thing for this city. But then the city grows from a relationship to source into a relationship with, well, politics is kind of a, a channel. Nothing bad about politics. If you want to get something done with a large group of people, that's a political endeavor. Politics ain't bad. People can do weird things with politics. But people can do weird things with anything, can't they? Politics isn't bad. But it's not the source, it's a channel. And then after a while you see people really get fixated on the business. Money is what? It's a byproduct. That's all. People go from inside to outside because I think that desire to be connected with source, that desire for mystery, that desire that calls us to paint on paved walls, that mysterious thing is scary. Falling in love, man, scary. Finding something that I can't explain with my rational mind, scary. And so people develop all kinds of complicated systems for defending against the unknown. And the unknown is exactly what we're called for. Everything else is artificial. And you know why I'm telling you this. You know why I'm saying the biggest building in the town is a sign of what's most important in that town. You know exactly why I'm telling you that. Because you are like a city. The biggest building in the city of your life is what's most important to you. Right now. And this is important. That right now moment is important because there are so many people who come to me and they say, I just wish I could do what's important. I, this idea of importance seems far away and I can't even get there. And I say, no, no, no. You're doing it right now. You're doing something that's important to you right now. The trick is not to go get it. The trick is to decide if what's important to you is really what you want to be important to you. It's okay, sometimes people build weird buildings. You can do it over. But to do it over, you have to acknowledge that it's going on. The biggest building in the city of your life it is, is what's most important to you, and a sure sign of the kind of neighborhood you're going to live in. So ask yourself, that big building, is this what I want? Is this where I want to live? 
You have a choice. Not everybody knows they have a choice. This is kind of a big deal. Now, people go, I, I, I don't build buildings. I don't have bricks and, and stuff. I don't, I'm not OSHA certified. I don't know any of these things. What do you mean? Well, maybe it's not with physical things. Your currency is time. What you spend the most time on is the thing that's most important to you. I mean, think about it. You participate in infinity. You are a child of the infinite expressed in this finite moment. It doesn't matter if you've got all the money in the world or not any. It doesn't matter if you feel incredibly loved or incredibly alone. It doesn't matter if your health is just exactly perfect or if you're having some real challenges. No matter where you are on all of those spectrums and so many more, you still only got the same 24 hours in your day. That's the currency. So what you spend your time on the most is the biggest building. So if you think about it that way, there are some people who go, gosh, I spend most of my time, my biggest building is feeling rotten. My biggest building is jealousy. My biggest building is anger at how disappointed I am. My biggest building is, I want you to think about that with me. And don't cheat, because you'll know. If you lie to yourself, you'll know. What do you spend the most time doing? Some people spend a lot of time complaining. And look, there are things we want to fix, and we want to acknowledge it. But complaining and fixing are not the same thing. What do you spend the most of your time doing? Because that's what you're going to get. And so when I say this to people, sometimes people go, okay, I got it. I'm going to change this right now. I'm going to build a brand new building, and I'm going to stop doing that other thing, and I'm going to just immediately change all of my habits, and I'm going to do it different. Good luck with that. Look, we're in the middle of January. There are a lot of New Year's resolutions that have already just sort of fizzled out, dude. It happens. How many diets? How many things? You can't fix this problem by imposing something from the outside any more than you can just plop a church down in the middle of the financial district and just expect the whole neighborhood to change. In fact, if you leave it alone long enough, that church will become a bank. And in fact, a lot of churches have, if you know what I mean. It's true. That's why. Because you can't change something from the outside. And whether you do that the old-fashioned way, or whether you do that the new-fashioned way, you go, you know, my life is just so rotten, but I bought all these crystals. I saged everything in the house, and yet I'm still a jerk. There's no jerk spray. It doesn't work that way. Man, I wish there were. He'll get up to the garden hose, walk around. It's like Roundup. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Change can't be enforced from the outside, and you know that because you tried it, so have I. It doesn't work that way. It's got to come from somewhere else, but I want to be very careful about this. Change must come from within. You know where I'm going with this, but here's the thing I really want everybody to hear. Change starts within, but it cannot stop there. If you want change to happen in your life, decide something on the inside, but you must do something about it on the outside. You've got to live according to this change of mind. It's not enough to go, oh, well, I am so spiritual now, but I still live, to use the metaphor that we've been working on, in a terrible building. Not good enough. Decide differently and then build differently. Tear something down if you got to. But decide to connect your feeling with your action. This is important because people have said, talking about New Year's resolutions and diets, oh, well, none, none of that matters. You can eat anything you want as long as you have faith. You could just eat a rock if you had faith. Uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes you got to put the donut down. 
Let me say this differently. Hang on to me here. I don't want to be mean about it, but if I said to you, you know, you could live in an abusive relationship if you just had faith. That's weird, isn't it? That's not okay. The point is, if you've got faith on the inside and you're true to that faith, your behavior will change on the outside. If you've got faith on the inside, you will begin to treat yourself better. Is your body a temple or is it a pool hall? You get to decide. Some people are not sure which one they want. That's okay, too. I haven't had pork rinds in a long time. But anyway, take what's on the inside and do something about it on the outside. That's the key. If I was going to say what the problem with the world today is, that's not really my style, but I would say a problem is that some people think that there is the spiritual stuff over here that we keep on the inside in secret and then physical stuff out there that we just sort of sit and shake our heads about. You want to change the world, you got to engage. I heard that there were some people going to the beach to pray for the dolphins, and I think that's great. Look, I'm in the prayer business. Anytime anybody wants to pray about anything, I'm in. Good. Good for you. Go pray for the dolphins. But is that all we're going to do? Because, I mean, think about it. Where is God? If God is everywhere, God's already with the dolphins. It's not my job to go, hey, God, service on aisle three. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And in fact, if my belief is that God is only in some places, I'm doing more harm than good. Well, is it my belief that, that I can sort of send energy or whatever to the dolphins? Then I'm still saying God ain't over there. No good. Am I saying the dolphins want to hear my support? Is it your position that dolphins speak English? Who is this for? Who is it for? Hmm, some of those things are a little egotistical. Unintentionally, I think people got their heart in the right place. But think about it. I don't have the power to make God happen for dolphins. And here's the thing. I have been at the beach and seen people go to one of those things and step over garbage to go pray for dolphins. You know what the dolphins want more than your prayer? Pick up the trash. Come on. That's the thing. Get to a different place. The answer to the universe isn't picking up garbage, but it sure is a good start. If the feelings you have on the inside inspire you to make the world a better place on the outside, you're on to something. I'm trying to tell you, don't keep your feelings a secret. I know it's scary to admit that there's a place where you don't know. I know it's scary to admit that love takes you out of your comfort zone, but you're supposed to be out of your comfort zone. That's where faith lives. Out of your comfort zone. Step into it and watch what happens. The biggest building in the city of your life is the thing that's most important to you. And here's the tough love, Dr. Phil moment. If you really look at that city, you go, gosh, I spend most of my time complaining. Well, you don't have to tell anybody. You can tell me. I won't tell anybody else. Or just keep it to yourself. Work on it for a minute. But here's the tough love moment. You chose the building you chose, and I chose the building I chose because there was some kind of payoff. I got something out of it. Sometimes people complain because when you complain, you get to feel superior to the thing you're complaining about. It's a little boost. But here's the thing. Take the intention and build a different building based on it. So yeah, you want to feel superior? You don't want to feel so bad? Maybe there's better architecture for that desire. Maybe instead of building a complaining building, you can build an inspiring building. I spend a lot of time lonely, and I talk about how lonely I am all the time because I want somebody. I want to fall in love. Okay, well, maybe the building needs to not be a loneliness facility. Maybe I can build a building of sharing. Take the desire and turn it up. Take the desire and do something different with it. Here's what I want you to know. You have the power to make the architectural decision. 
The piece of scripture we started with today said, God gives you the bricks, what will you do with it? And it was an amazing thing showing up at Habitat for Humanity because we didn't even know what the guy wanted us to do. When we first got there, the guy didn't know what he wanted us to do. But they brought stuff, and we built, and we taped, and we glued, and we did all kinds of stuff. And we ran out of equipment, they brought more equipment. We borrowed some from next door. Sooner or later, it became lunchtime, and somebody just showed up. The Habitat people didn't even know what was going to happen, and they brought us food. If you just show up and decide to build something that began with prayer, I promise things get handled. You have a choice about the kind of city you build, about the kind of building you dwell in. Make it a thin place. Make it a place where people go and are inspired. Make it a place where people go and they see what love looks like. Make it a place where people go and get set free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is there's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, there's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.